0: Welcome to episode 27 of the Food Safety University podcast. I'm your host, David Zarling, senior associate with Deergo Food Safety. And today we're going to continue into part four of our new plant manager series, where we discuss the answers to all of your questions that have you've been sending me over the last couple of weeks regarding how and why we conduct these gap analysis Uh, When we are either a new plant manager or an existing plant manager that wants to update their systems, and we talk about the roadmap on how to do that. So stick around stay tuned and uh, Let's dive in Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannenstiel of Dirigo Food Safety. Tune in to learn about food safety and processing in plain terms. We'll break down the ins and outs of HACCP, the food code, and much, much more so that you can easily implement and manage your own food safety program and even have some fun while doing so. Happy spring, everyone. Welcome to part four of the new plant manager series here On Deergo Food Safety's Food Safety University podcast. I hope warm temperatures are reaching everyone, Um, getting some seedlings in the ground. We've got lambs hitting the ground. Uh, Meat processing is really starting to ramp up again, as well as uh, wash and pack stations at small farms all around the country. Such an exciting time of the year. It's so energizing. uh, And boy, are our to do lists getting long. But it's exciting, right? Because we've all been kind of resting over the winter. And it's time to dive in for production season. Uh, Speaking of which, some some seasonal activities coming up. We are going to be hosting a hog breakdown event at Griffin Farms in Ohio at the end of May. We're very excited about this uh, project and this event. It's going to be a really great opportunity for uh, you to come spend time with me and Dr. P at an all-day event where we're going to be taking... Uh, carcass hogs and breaking them down into various cuts whether it's wholesale or retail or craft cuts uh, and dispersed throughout the day we're also going to be having talks about supply chain uh, construction you know sourcing and procurement as well as carcass quality uh, as it pertains to humane handling and quality assurance programs, there's just going to be a ton of expertise on the ground. Dr. P is going to be there to teach uh, all, di- all kinds of different skills, and I'll be there showing uh, how to fabricate and to cut. So I think it's going to be a really fun time. We're going to have you know some snacks, and, and uh, you're going to be able to take meat home with you. That you actually cut. That's the really exciting thing about this is after I show a hog breakdown, you're going to be able to get hands-on in very small groups with your own side of pork and cut your own meat to take home with you. Of course, we'll be grilling up some things right there on site, but you'll uh, you'll have a, a care package to go home with. So uh, come get hands on, get your hands dirty, open up your minds, and let's talk about hog production and breakdown and everything that happens in between. We're really excited about this. May 21st through the 23rd, I believe, we'll be sending out some invitations pretty soon. So keep your eyes peeled. So just to re- recap the last couple weeks, uh, we're here right now. Listening to this particular miniseries in the podcast, because uh, many of us out in the world are plant managers or want to get into production or plant management, whether it's you know meat production or vegetable production or value-added production of any kind. When we step into these roles or we want to become uh, qualified to to apply for these roles, we have to know what it is that we're managing. You know it's we the thing that we want to really avoid is getting into emergency management or firefighting as i like to call it where you're constantly moving from uh you know fire to fire or or new shiny object or immediate emergency issue that needs your attention as a way to continually uh build that positive reinforcement for yourself um you know, when you get into that sort of a mindset, you really start to neglect the things that make the plant or the facility or the farm tick, right? Uh, it's, it's firefighting is a way to, to live a very stressed out life, taking your work home with you and not being able to separate. And, and that's that's really why we're here is to to take a look at how you can calmly and effectively manage your facility or your business with a standardized set of programs that take all the guesswork and the firefighting out you know much like Hassup is is approached we approach plant management from a preventative or a proactive mindset rather than a reactive mindset you know we're we find that preventative maintenance and preventative sanitation really reduces the risk in the volume of emergency maintenance and emergency sanitation. So uh, this is a really great way to wrap your head around what the heck do I do when I'm managing a facility or a production floor or a quality control team. And while it may change, you know, as far as the content goes from facility to facility, which we at go Food Safety will help you, right? Uh, The approach is the same across the board. And what I do and what we teach is that when you step into a new role, whether it's a new plant that you're constructing for yourself, or it's an existing plant that you are becoming the manager of, or you've been a manager for 15 years and you want to modernize, you, you want more time. Uh, to to be at home with your family, you want work-life balance, and you want to, th- you know, think less and reserve more brain power for the rest of your life, you know. Uh, that's what this series is all about, and that's why we do the gap analysis. So we talk about uh, what we – basically, we go into the process as looking – for we do we do an analysis and see what do we have right now? What do we currently have? You know we've got a checklist of SOPs and prerequisite programs and analyses that we do uh, that you can find in the first fifty episodes of this podcast. Doctor P has has very clearly outlined all of those. Uh, and, and you can find all of those. So we won't we won't dive into those today. We'll just have a few examples. Um, but you, you go down a checklist of programs that you should have in place to effectively uh, manage a facility for quality and profit. You go through and analyze what pieces you actually have in place. You see what you don't have. You then create the programs to fit into the gaps. We validate those programs And then once you have your head wrapped around all of those programs, and this includes personnel stuff too, which we talked about a little bit in the second episode of this series, the organizational gap audit. Once you have your head wrapped around all the things that you have to do, you've created your programs, you've validated everything, then we move into just a maintenance internal auditing schedule, which Dr. P has outlined in a, a really great episode of this podcast called The Internal Audit. Uh, and this is where you go through and on a rotation, you make sure that you're doing what we say we're doing. But right now, we're not auditing SOPs. We're not looking for quality or conformance to spec. We're making sure that the elements of every program are actually intact. So that's what we're going to talk about right now. What are That was the biggest question that I received from everyone over the last couple of weeks. Let's talk more about the programs as an abstract. Let's talk about the elements. What should every program contain? And we we touched on that a little bit, but we're going to touch on that a little bit more right now. What should every program, whether it's an SOP or a prerequisite program, uh, what should they all contain and what are you looking for? So this week, we're going to be looking at the programs kind of through the lens of the process or the product, um, basically how we started it last week. We're going to talk more about the food safety part. Um, but this really applies to the people part, the facilities part. I mean, this is the whole nine yards. This this approach really applies to everything. So in this gap analysis, as I mentioned, we really don't want to get stuck in the SOP compliance. We're not auditing our accuracy of make sheets. We're not auditing uh, pre-shipment reviews from the past, or or uh, whether or not we're meeting our CCPs. This is not a pre-FSA audit. Okay, this is not a pre-SQF audit. This is kind of a gap analysis to make sure we have all of the elements in place to pass that third-party audit. Right. This is the the really the foundational uh, exploratory analysis that we want to do to see what programs do we have? Do we have a pest control program? Do we have a preventative maintenance program? You know, we go right down the list. Okay. Um, but there are certain elements that we want to include, uh, that really do make us eligible to pass that GFSI, the, the global markets program audit, which, you know, leads into the GFSI, uh, Sort of audit, which could be GAP or BRC or SQF, depending on what your product is, right? But if we want to get into that local producer program at Whole Foods or the Co-op program, or we want UNFI to to distribute for us, or any other number of distributors, will oftentimes have prerequisites as far as uh, audits, third-party audits for you and your production facility. So uh, this GAP analysis, you know really allows you to understand the elements that uh, need to be in place in order to uh, meet those requirements. And then within each program, depending on which auditor you are trying to satisfy, you'll have individual elements, just like the food code, but just to a higher degree of compliance, right? They make it a little bit harder, but let's, let's face it, USDA is the the bare minimum uh, food safety. If you've if you've worked in a USDA or FDA facility, we know that that the regulations that the government have are the bare stinking minimum, right? It, it's true. Um, there are so many places that are not inspected that you know. Once you get into that mindset of total quality management. you it's a scary world out there, you know. I mean, I, I can think of a time when I was working in a custom exempt meat cutting shop early early in my career and and the the beef trim bins were on the floor and dogs were eating out of them and and holy smoke. So, yeah, we want to we really want to uphold these basic elements and if we really want to get distribution we have to look at GFSI. So, some of the elements that are really really important, okay? We've got this whole umbrella operations program and you might say a food safety program depending on what you call it we've talked about it being divided into three segments people process and facilities right and each one of those headings has several programs whether they're just individual SOPs or they uh, standard operating procedures or they are prerequisite programs made up of several SOPs um, you know There are many many of these that need to be in place. So the first thing that uh, Every program should have is a risk based policy now risk based policies are a little bit different than hazard based policies If you're uh, doing your HACCP plan, that's very hazard based But our programs are risk based and that's kind of how the FDA looks at things right a risk based policy now what we want to do is we want to ass- so we're going to take a look at the program, right? Uh, for instance, pest control. What is the risk of not having a pest control in place? You know, you, you want to you or or you want to audit these using a risk assessment matrix. That was a question that I heard a lot of this week. How do you how do you figure out what the risk is? It's a ch- it's basically take a square, divide it down the middle horizontally, down the middle. Vertically and you have four squares and that's your matrix one axis is uh, How significant is the impact how severe is the impact of this thing happening and the other axis is? What's the volume of people that it will affect? So, you know, let's talk about pest control What's the severity if you don't have a pest control program in a food? uh, Production facility well, if you've got roaches and rats, I'm going to say that that's a, a pretty significant impact, right? That's a huge food safety issue. Now we say, how many people? What's the volume? You know, if, if you make if you make food in your very small cottage food uh, program, but you want to know how to management, you're in this program right now, um, you may only have five customers. Okay, well, the risk is like fairly low, I guess. That's You know, we could look at that being a low risk. But when it comes to vermin in your food, I feel like it's a, it's a high risk regardless because even if you only uh, affect 10 people, if there's rat poop in your food, it's, it's really going to significantly impact all of them, you know? So I'm going to consider that to be a high risk. So you, you take that matrix and the boxes are low and high going in either direction and you create, you just assess what the impact is. Now it could be, for instance, um, you may have an SOP or a prerequisite program around customer complaints and there, and, uh, you might say, you know, what's the impact if we don't have a customer complaint system in place or a program in place? Well, we might say it's like kind of low because it's not a food safety issue necessarily. Um, or, 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 you know, It may not have a significant impact the way that, like, a master sanitation program, what if you don't have it? Uh, And how many people does it impact if you don't have that? You could say, well, you know, this is how many customers we have. This is how many people generally complain. It's a low impact. You might say it's a low risk, right? And so you would treat it differently. Uh, But we're going to, you know. We're going to go through and assess the risk of of every program and policy again, lined out in the first fifty episodes of this of this podcast. What all those programs are, um, and then we're going to write a policy based on this risk assessment. We're basically we're going to say, what are we going to do to make sure that this risk does not happen. Or, or, or remains a low-risk or non-existent risk situation? What is our policy? And that may reference specific standard operating procedures. It may uh, It may reference your commitment. It may reference your training program. It may reference prerequisite programs. But you're going to write a policy, and depending on your auditor, SQF, BRC, Gap, they're going to have certain expectations of that policy, and so you would work directly with them to write it in accordance with what they're looking for. And then your auditor is going to have a list of elements Okay, They're going to have a list of, you know, your your pest control program should have these elements. Your allergen control program should have these elements, right? And so you need to address each one of those. And when you read their code, it's very clear what you have to address. Once you have uh, written all of the elements that support your policy, your policy kind of addresses all of the elements in the overarching language of it, you then move to a 90-day validation, and once a week for 90 days or 13 weeks, you validate some part of this policy to make sure that it's actually working, right? The validation, You right now what we're looking for is not the actual, we don't want you to do the validation. We want you to go through and see, has there been a risk assessment policy written? If there has not, then you put it on the gap analysis list. I need to create this. I can give you an example this is a risk analysis for uh, control of allergens it has a company policy that says you know we do produce food with allergens allergens are a known component of food with which causes physiological reactions due to an immunological response right the labeling of allergens contained in food products is done based on our hazard analysis our program has the following allergens there's a list uh, and then we say that the risk is high because we do produce food with allergens. And then we go to the SQF code and list all of the elements that we are going to satisfy. Okay, and if you'd like to learn more about that, hit me up, David at food safety, uh, deargofoodsafety.com. I can talk to you more about elements in SQF and walk you through those. If we did it on this program, it would be a 19-hour episode, and <laughs> I'd lose everybody. So, uh, But once we go through those elements, an example of one is, is a documented program in place to control allergens and prevent cross-contamination? Well, yes, there is a program, and it is our prerequisite program and the SOPs that go along with it. And then for 13 weeks, once a week, we go through and we validate some part of this program. We do a label check. We pick a random label or we pick six random labels and we say, does it have the proper allergen labeling? Yes, it does. Are there any corrective actions? Did we find anything out of compliance? No, we did not. Date and initial. Bam. Validated the first week. Second one, training check. There's an element in the SQF code that talks about training. Uh, Do we have a written and clear annual training for employees on allergen control? Yes, we do. Here's our policy. Here's our SOP. Here's the training materials. Is everything in place? Yes, it is. So that's how you do a risk assessment for a program. Next, another element for a program in your food safety system or, or, or overall program there are the prerequisite programs. We go through and we talk about, uh, you know, different things that are in place that mitigate risk and hazard, and that might be your preventative maintenance program or your receiving and storage program. How cold do we keep it? How do we receive things? In what room? What's the what's the process flow? How do we? are we sure that there are no physical hazards i mean a big one for that is uh you know pallet like shards of wood and pallets that come in on on fresh product how do we make sure that that doesn't happen right so we create a program based on that we write the risk we write the policy uh we do the elements for gfsi and then we do a validation so every prerequisite program comes with a risk-based policy as do the sops sops may just be one procedure it might not be a collection of procedures like a prerequisite program but it still should be validated because we want to make sure that every sop uh, is accurate it doesn't just sound good on paper it's actually what we're able to do in our facility because i've written beautiful sops that were like totally impossible to do right so we want to make sure that they're realistic um and so that's why we want to go through and audit this and make sure that every sop has the risk-based policy uh also has we also want to take a look at uh work instructions and procedures we want to make sure that those are evident in every sop as well as every other piece so the elements of a standard operating procedure are as such we have our iso header okay we've got the scope the purpose the requirements the responsibilities The storage requirements, how we're going to store the documents. Work instructions, who's going to do the work, how they're going to do it in plain terms. Verification and validation, how we're going to watch employees do their work to make sure that they're meeting the SOP procedure and work instructions. The validation that we already talked about. A corrective action program, they want to make sure that that if something goes sideways, we know what we're going to do to correct it. And then the documents that are generated in the sop itself sometimes you know the monitoring log will be generated we want to make sure there's a little table of contents for every prerequisite program or sop to make sure we're not missing anything while we're auditing it right then we also have uh, supporting documentations for decision-making documents um, and calibrations for measuring equipment so that's what we're auditing. We're not auditing the actual content. We're not when, when we go through to wrap our head around our food safety program and operations programs and organizational programs. We're not auditing what the actual content is. Yes, you just got into a new program. You're not going to agree with what it says, or you've got a better way to do it, or you know you want to trim some fat from some programs that you feel like have maybe written you into a corner uh, and have unrealistic expectations yes that's going to happen as a new manager you're going to have a ton of things that you want to customize that's not what we're doing right now what we're doing right you know all of that comes during the annual reassessment or the internal audit program what we're doing right now is simply populating the list of the programs that we know have to be in place in order for our facility to produce wholesome quality food that meets a third-party auditor spec okay even if you are not planning on being audited by a third party, I still highly recommend having these programs in place to their spec because it is the, the gold standard. It is the quality wholesome standard. right? And if you try to implement a basic food safety program and try to go SQF later, it's a hell of a lot harder to retrofit something than it was to, to, to begin as you intend to continue. So anyways, what we're actually doing right now is we're populating that list of all the programs that we want to see that we know need to be there. We're checking to see if they are there or not. If they have all of the elements that we're looking for, such as the risk-based policy, risk assessment, 90-day validation, any associated prerequisite programs and SOPs uh, and the documents and, and verification activities that go with each one. We're just making sure it's there identifying what's not there, and then from there we will populate the list of work we have to do to create the programs to support our efforts in managing the plant. I hope that was helpful and answered uh, some of the questions that we got this week. If not, please, or if you have any other questions, please drop me a line at david at Food Safety or michelle at Food Safety, and we can uh, dive in and perhaps talk about Food Safety University and all because the great thing about Food Safety University is that it contains all of these programs, all of the risk assessments, all of the policies written from the standpoint of GFSI, all of the SOPs, prerequisite programs, supporting documentation, everything is in Food Safety University, and it makes it super, super easy because you don't have to create those. I can tell you it takes hours and hours and hours and hours to write those from scratch, but when you have the templates in front of you, it makes this audit program so easy because you literally have a checklist right in front of you, and you know what you're looking for. So if you'd like to talk more about that or how we can help, drop us a line at our emails, Uh, and until next time, yeah, keep making great food. Thanks for listening. Before you go, click the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com, where we have free food safety guides waiting for you. Until next time, keep up the great work.